0: This is digging in the dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, farming, gardening, and food. Ben, ben. excuse me, <laughs> Mr. McGuire. Ben, Mr. McGuire, come with me for a minute. I want to talk to you. Excuse us, Joanne. I'm you. I look at him and I can't believe it I simply can't believe it I just want to say one word to you Just one word Yes sir Are you listening? Yes I am Plastics Exactly how do you mean? There's a great future in plastics Think about it Will you think about it? Yes I will Enough said a deal
1: Here he is now, and there you have the one of the more memorable lines from the Graduate yeah, <laughs> where he 's being told you know, get into plastics, <laughs> probably not bad advice if you 're looking at it from that perspective I mean, because it, it it took over the world didn 't
0: it <laughs> it 's true, and those guys who followed that advice way back when have done very well for themselves
1: and that 's the voice of Vice President of novamont dan martins yeah, he 's not only. A good friend of WPKM, but he's uh, one of the leaders over there at mind and taking care of um, trying to change the world in the plastics industry.
0: <laughs> right. As I say, we, we'll do our best. And I have to say, your offices and studio here are fabulous. So nice. It's great. I'm yeah. so glad to be back. This he's is the first just...
1: time he's been in these I mean,
0: since um, over at the University of Bridgeport, right? Yes, it's the first time, and I'll tell you, it's really stylish. So all you folks out there... You should make a, a patronage. Come on out and see the studio. It's yeah. really great.
1: Well, you know, it's all because of our listeners out there and people like yourself. Your company has um, been, you know, funding us for quite a while uh, well, by underwriting, and that's really, really appreciated. It, and
0: it's the old every little bit helps. So.
1: Yeah, well, we get, we're getting good information out there. So what's, uh, you know, let's tell them basically what Novomont makes in a brief way, and then we'll go on to what's up.
0: Yeah, Novomont is an uh, Italian headquartered, company, started about 30 years ago, uh, making biopolymers. So what we do is we try to make alternatives to plastics that are uh, totally biodegradable and compostable. We only make compostable resins, and they can be used for a multitude of products, from uh, film products, for coatings, um, and some new applications, which are kind of interesting. So um, we're trying to uh, do what we can to change materials so that the plastics... Situation is not, um, you know, forever, forever and ever.
1: Sure. So you, you make compostable plastics, for lack of a better word, right? The plastics part.
0: Yeah, we make the resins. We make the raw materials. Uh, but everything we do is 100% compostable. Um, we're not, we weren't a plastics company that uh, started making or have a division of or something like that. <clears throat> Our company was started 30 years ago by with a, a patent put through by a young biochemist, Katia Bastioli. She's kind of a global figure now in environmentalism, um, and she got the first patent. And the the applications—what do you do with it? Well, she—they uh, came up with the first compostable bag thereafter, and then that material found its calling in collecting food scraps for composting, which at the time in the early '90s was becoming a bigger deal in Italy. So, what's nice is that the industrial part—the industrial part—grew up with the municipal part where municipalities want to get food scraps out of the waste stream with the environmentalists who wanted to lower the carbon footprint, which combined with the agriculture that wanted to basically get more plant-based materials into chemistry and then use the compost for their farming. So um, as different than even here, where the story is a little disjointed, when the industry and everyone grow up together, they talk. And they go, hey, can this do that? Yeah, well, what if that was this and that was this? And they all got on the same, at the same table. And so when that happens, interesting things can happen. And now, of course, Milan is the, the model for the world for collecting food scraps, how they do it, um, and also for composting and, and other. As my Italian colleagues will say, we're not the first in everything here in Italy, but in this we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to read you something that, as a sort of a devil's advocate. There was sure. an article yesterday in One Green Planet, the uh, it's a, it's a website. They said the not so green reality of compostable plastics. The crux of the issue lies in their disposal. Though compostable plastics may feel like a step in the right direction, they require specific conditions to break down. These conditions are typically only found in commercial composting facilities, which are scarce across the country. The result, most of these supposedly eco-friendly items end up in the trash, just like regular plastic. While these products may lessen the guilt of single-use items, the reality is that compostable plastic is still plastic, especially when it's not disposed of properly. So how do you respond to that? How do you talk about that? Well,
0: I agree with the one point (coughs) that uh, compostable plastics are still plastics. They are plastics because the definition of plastic is a material that you could heat up, makes a form— and then we'll hold that form. So by that definition, lava is also a plastic, although we'd never call lava plastic. But one of my, my Vermont chemistry professors said that as an example. So <clears throat> plastic is a property, not a product. The second thing that this um, article violates is the rule of some of. Okay. And they all, if you read these articles, they all say, well, some of these or some of those, well, if some of these or some of those don't, that means that some of these or some of these do, but they never talk about that because these are always very kind of pointed or biased things. Good point. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to sort of know what you're looking for. And secondly, the argument that she brings up about needing specialized uh, environments or facilities, that is a um, argument for PLA, PLA plastics. Now, bioplastics are not one thing, although in the U.S. we kind of all... Look at it as like being PLA because that's the most well-known material. Um, the largest PLA company is headquartered in the U.S. and they make cutlery and cups and things we're all aware of. However, bioplastics are several different families. Three basic ones, which, if we ever do a bioplastics 101, I've presented this presentation to the plastics industry because nobody really knows. Um, but. Only PLA needs those special requirements and special this and special that, whereas the other two, ours included, do not. It has to do with glass state and uh, biodegradation and hydro- hydrolysis and things like this. So, <clears throat> when they say most of these or this or that, it's not accurate. But then they spin from that to all of these. How I always say the part of those articles, however, and they usually start with bioplastics have a great, da 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 da, compostables have a great future. However, did you know? And then they go out and I throw these positives that are somewhere out over the rainbow. Well, one day, blah, blah, blah. However, now it's best just to do the same thing we've been doing for the last 50 years and just do more of it. (laughs) And I go, okay, but unless you're kind of a savvy reader or know where they're going, I I could quote the format. So it's not necessarily true. So what I would ask of folks is don't even take my word, but do a little more research and do a little more thinking and just remember that not all bioplastics are the same, just like not all wood is the same. And You know, a cedar and a pine are very different, as is an oak, but they're all wood. Um, and all steels are different, and even concretes are different. So you have to be a little. when you read these articles that sound too smart for their own good, too simple, mm-hmm. they, they probably are.
1: Right, they're making it too generalized.
0: Well, they get published that way. Right. You sort of get published when it's something... You know, at it's a sixth clink grade clink level, besides. yeah, sixth grade level, and put a really good, sort of, something that sounds nasty title. on so it. So
1: the matter B is uh, in a lot of products. Like the best thing I can bring up is like to me the Trader Joe's grocery bag, you know, the one that yeah. you get in the produce department, and I also have buy matter B dog poo bags, you know, yeah. and they're very, I, I like the way they feel even. I know that they are going to biodegrade easier. I can just tell, you know, so what, wh- why, what should they be looking out for? I mean, consumers, it's also confusing. You know, you can say it's like almost like saying that, or, you know, in all natural is, it doesn't, yeah. it's meaningless, right? Yeah, well, so I
0: love Mr. Natural from the, from the old, uh, <laughs> You know, music days, but that's okay. From <laughs> my Sherry Garcia days, but that's okay. <laughs> but he's not the best bioplastic spokesman, so we won't go there. So,
1: <laughs> so tell, tell tell me about like, say, you know, you you know me. I'm I'm interested in the because I comp- I compost and uh, have a loamy and you know you don't want all that stuff going in there to when you when you're breaking down the foods. So you know, so stuff like the little stickers on bananas and avocados, and also these bags that you use for dog poo and for, for or your bananas, th- those are better, and why?
0: Well, <clears throat> what I always tell people is don't necessarily go to industry. We do have international standards for compostability. Um, we have uh, BPI is the best one. <clears throat> so look for BPI certification on all your products. And, you know, you can go to industry people, go to me, but don't don't even ask me because... Whatever I say will sound biased to you. Look for your BPI certification. That's based to international standards to what is municipally composted. So that's for your commercial composting. So if you don't see that BPI logo, um, then don't buy it or don't assume what they're saying is real. So
1: BPI is the key. Yeah,
0: Bioproducts, Product Institute. But it's a BPI logo. It will have a number where you can actually go on a website and you can look up the certification number of the supplier. So I just say use that. We've we've invested a lot of dollars to try to clean up this certification and uh, use it. So if you don't see BPI, first be suspect of that. Just don't buy it because it should be that should be the first thing any legitimate manufacturer okay. so will do. So
1: look for BPI because that's I, I even I've called you and said, can I buy this bag? And yeah. you said, nope, that's not one of yeah. them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then for home compostable. There's a TUV certification, which is TUV Austria. And in Europe, they have a certification for home compostability. We don't have one here yet, but it's basically an overlay of the uh, of the BPI. It's called ASTM D6400. But you don't have to know any of this stuff. Just say, hey, I look for a yo- uh, logo. If it's good, we're cool. If we're not, just say, okay, well, go get your logo. And that will just make it simpler on a lot of things. Um, dog poop bags, of course, uh, in San Francisco, you can't even call them compostable because you don't want people putting dog poop in their compost. Um, okay. So you have to be careful about that. And that's why they're usually black as well, because, you know, people with this sort of a signify that they're not, they go in the black bin. The,
1: Are BPI um, bags generally green?
0: Generally, there's been a movement now for color certification, which I support. And um, in Washington State, California. I think Maryland, maybe Minnesota, but they all, well, Washington State, California all say compostable produce bags. They pick it by, by product have to be green and Brown. But here's the other part that gives it teeth is that non-compostables cannot be green or Brown because it's no good. If you make the compostable industry be green or Brown, and then you go to the next shopping center and there's probably ethylene bags that are green and Brown. You go, well, how am I supposed to know?
1: Right. So
0: I've proposed, I've talked to industry level, Groups And I said, look, this benefits the recycling groups, too, because recyclers should be able to say, hey, if I see a green or brown bag, brown being paper, if I see that in my waste, in my recycle stream, I should reject it because that's not the proper use for that as well. The biggest problem we have is that we're just so small as an industry. Compostables are so small. So we get a lot of stuff thrown at us to do this, jump through this hurdle, jump through that. And I go, guys, are you really going after the proper Are we really the bad guys? A couple of federal work groups, you know, here and in Canada. This was the the, uh, Ontario Ministry of the Environment group. They were studying compostables. So they start out their paragraph, and they've got 50 people all from the industry on this webinar, all who get paid good money, and they're taking two hours of their time. So there's a lot of money here being spent for this, and they start out with compostable packaging. Less than 1% of the packaging industry Blah blah blah. So, first of all, they they say how insignificant we are. <laughs> Thank you. And then there's like there's like forty five an hour more about all of the things we have to do so that we don't confound the the recycling stream and this and have to be municipal only and that. And I say you're doing all this for less than one percent of the plastics right. industry. It
1: seems to <laughs> hinder. The
0: how about progress. going to the plastic? So I always say this, and I kind of get they they think like I'm so wacky, but I always go. Like I've said before, go to the plastics industry and tell them to color code their stuff. Right. Go to the plastics industry, make them label, do not compost this, do not recycle, do not that da, da da because if people really knew how much stuff is not, is trash, it might be bad PR. But I said, you're going after us, but really the plastics guys are, you know, contamination, not us. So, I will hold my ground if anybody listens. I don't know, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: well, tell me a success story. I mean, you, we, you know I was always interested in these little stickers on, on the fruits and vegetables and everything. And you, you have something new to tell me?
0: I think one of our first chats, you brought that up. You know, you talked about these, these fruit labels, especially if you're a home composter, but municipal, they just dot the landscape. Oh, they're
1: all over the place.
0: So we've had a few things of interest. But one thing, um, you know, we're here in Connecticut And uh, we did some trials back in 2018 with compostable fruit stickers, which they've had in Italy. You could only have compostable fruit stickers in France, um, I think in, well, some other countries too. But I presented it up in Canada just by happenstance in a conversation with a composter up there. He goes, hey, you do anything about these fruit stickers? I said, well, actually, yes. So I sent him the study from what we did up here at New England Compost, very good guy, John Demiers, And um, I sent him the report that was done in Canada and a year and a half later, now the government, ECCC, Environmental Climate Change Canada, is proposing that all fruit stickers should be compostable in Canada. And the Grocers Association in Canada said, we don't disapprove. So, good. so it's uh, we'll see what happens. But we're happens. far
1: away here in the U.S.
0: Yeah. It's, now, here's the interesting thing about fruit stickers is don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yep. Now, if you study where fruit comes from, comes from... South America, some here, from this, that, da, da. So, it really getting everybody to change at once is pretty hard. However, you've got 100% contamination now. Because what happens in municipal is they, they come off the fruit and they roll up a little hot dogs and then they go through the screen because they can't be screened out because they're these little thin tubes. And if 10% were compostable, you'd have 10%. Imagine if 50% of all the fruit labels were compostable, you'd have 50% less. And it's even, so where this has come from is the composters, because when they can't screen them out and they go to sell their compost and they got little white dots in them, they have to downgrade their compost and they can't get as much money. So this is legislation that's really come from the composters, which Good. is very interesting. But I try to tell people, listen, don't act like, well, if Connecticut does it, New York doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it matters because you're changing the material
1: one one at a time it's like yeah. i say change your yard and we'll do it one yard at a time and yeah. it's good
0: and when it gets to 51% of people doing it industry requiring it or states requiring it then it's going to be like hey most people are rest of you get on the stick right and um so but that's a longer term approach as opposed to just making legislation. And as
1: consumers, be squawk a little, you know, like the squeaky wheel gets oil. You know, go tell the guy at the Trader Joe's, I love the fact that you have these bags, you know, and they like to hear that, you know.
0: And another update, I, I want to tell you something, just real quick on the fruit label. So I was up in Maine, working with the uh, University of Maine with the uh, Marine Research Center. We've got some materials that would be good for oysters and clams and things like that. So I'm in the truck. We're going for our our lobster roll at the local place. Nice. uh, Jealous. And he says, I say, yeah, I'm actually a Yukon master composter, and I love doing my library tours on home composting, and I've gotten published and stuff. Well, if you could ever get rid of those stickers. I said, well, actually, so I gave him (laughs) the story. So he connects me with a, a woman, a very zealous woman up at University of Maine. And she goes, I'm making this my personal mission. <laughs> good. You We're going to get legislation. <laughs> We're going to get rid of these fruit stickers because the composters hate them. I said, well, I will not go lobby in front of folks, but I'm happy to be support and I will come up and do whatever you need. So that made me feel good. But that was a conversation Great. in a pickup truck, you know, so you never know.
1: We're talking to Dan Martins of Novamont. They're sponsors of WP. and They're one of our great underwriters. And I invite anybody else who'd like to underwrite WP can to give us a call, and we'll get you started as well. Dan, you were mentioning something about going on in California. What's California up to? They seem to be a little bit more progressive and ahead of things out there.
0: Well, it's very funny because from one of our early conversations, which could have been I don't know four years ago. Yeah, a long you, time now. You just reminded me. You said that same statement about the Trader Joe's produce bags. Right. Well, California just passed the law at the end of last session that all produce bags in California by 2025 have to be compostable. Cool. Yeah, and they put all of the fun stuff in there. We we're talking about. They made the law about having to be green, um, and polyethylene cannot be green. They also said they have to make the the mouth of the bag something I helped with, well, I'm not supposed to talk about, it. but <laughs> I, when asked, I will help. So um, <clears throat> they're going to make the, the mouth of the bag has to be 15 and a half inches. So it fits on all the the caddies, the mm. kitchen caddies to collect food scraps. Mm-hmm. And, and where this is interesting is that basically um, they want to promote compostable bags so you don't have plastic bags being used you know, with food scraps because it can lead to microplastics just in the processing of of composting. But not everybody can afford to buy, you know, until they're in the grocery stores, not everybody can afford. But this gives a nod or a help to social, environmental justice, injustice, because then anybody can get a smaller bag. Yes, it's small. Yes, it's thin. But they can get it at the store, and anybody can collect food scraps now. So it's not just those folks who can afford, like, a stainless steel caddy and things like that. Um, And they're home compostable, so... Anywhere in the state, if you want to collect, if you don't have municipal composting everywhere, you can still do it. However, how this all goes together, mm-hmm. this is all now outcrop from 10 years ago when they did uh, SB 1383, which was a carbon methane reduction bill. And basically, they said we have to make these goals, but they didn't tell anybody how. So, of course, one of the literal low-hanging fruit is composting, food scrap collection is it's the most impactful thing that we can do as citizens to lower our carbon footprint even more than cars. Yeah,
1: yeah. we're in agreement there.
0: So they said they supported composting, supported the use of composting, and then it gets, well, how do we help collect food scraps? So some of the folks came out to Italy and they toured from California and they saw how they do it in Milan, and then San Francisco passed a law that— all produce bags have to be compostable because they saw them at Trader Joe's. So they said, oh, it can be done because we were always told it can't be done. I said, it can be done. And then California followed suit a couple of years later. But it all came from the beginning that they want to lower carbon and wanted to lower uh, methane. And how do you do it? So it wasn't like just go there and like substitute right. one bag for another bag. It was supports a greater, a greater strategy.
1: And this is such a a massive problem worldwide. I mean, you can go on YouTube and see rivers of plastic in Asia and places. I mean, just beaches covered in two feet of plastic. So I don't think we're getting rid of this problem really quickly. And I think it has to be... I think the, the you know that ship is sailed that the people are going to change their habits about plastic. I think they want Ziploc bags, they want solo cups and things like that, you know. The, I think it has to be the material that changes. Absolutely. That's that's my opinion. And no, it, uh, how uh, do opinion, we get that to happen? My uh, uh,
0: opinion is is right on. I've had conversations with corporations and all of them who make all those products that you're talking about. Some of the stuff we can help with, some of our things our competitors will, but but basically <clears throat> People don't want to give up their Ziploc bags because they're good.
1: They're good. They and yeah, they're convenient.
0: Yeah, well, they're what's, cool. what's bad is the material. And, and um, I had someone once say to me, Dan, you know, you're kind of a smart ass on some of these things. <laughs> and I said, I take offense of that. I'm from New York. I'm not just some smartass. <laughs> <laughs> a New York smartass is just a little different grade. But, but so I had a conversation and they said, well, gee whiz, you know, we, there's all these myths. So it's one day we could do a show on the myths of bioplastics that were created by one of the petroleum industries like 20 years ago to sort of nip this in the bud when they thought like bioplastics one day were going to be a threat. But they said, well, gee, if you label all these things like, you know, soil degradable or things like that, which... We can. And they said, well, then people are just going to throw them out the window and they're just going to throw them in the litter and blah, blah, blah. made this big scenario. I said, guys, I think that the problem with litter is nobody thinks about what they're doing. Right. It's not because they're thinking about it. And I said, an apple core, if someone will throw an apple core, I doubt they sit there and go, now, what is the biodegradation of an <laughs> apple? They're not thinking about no, it. No, they're not. So the idea that someone's going to take a compostable produce bag— And read the labeling and go, oh, I see this is – let me think this through hydrolysis, through enzymatic uh, degradation. I'll throw this in the ground. No, it it won't happen. But yet we live by these myths that sound so – like this article. They sound so logical and so simple. They must be true. And they're just not, you know. So,
1: the thing I want to ask, we have a couple more minutes left. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm long winded. I apologize.
1: No, no, no. You're, not, you're not. This is all really important stuff and interesting. The uh, the microplastics, I think that's one way get to get to people. People are saying, wow, it's in food, it's in fish, it's in our bodies. They're, they're proving it. And this is really worrisome. So, is this a way that we can get to people to say, you know, we've got to make some changes? I mean, there's just too much plastic going into the planet.
0: Well, I, w- I was on a podcast just like two weeks ago and said, what's changed in the last five years or even the last two years? And it's funny how fickle our, our, our attention span is. And it used to be composting, then compostable products. And like that's been put on the back burner, which, and now it's all about PFAS and it's about microplastics. Right. That's what it's the conversation. That's, that's what's interesting to people. Right. And, uh, and then you get into the materials because, um, <clears throat> PFOs is something that's not really used in plastics at all, although we have a couple coatings that are really high grease barriers that could replace PFOs in, like, you know, popcorn bags or cups. And a couple of progressive guys here in the States are looking at maybe, you know, going with us for coatings because this is all brand new. So just between friends, I won't say don't share it. But, you know, <laughs> but there's actually with our materials, you can make it very thin so that it's compostable but also recyclable. And this is what's really good for all the paper cups that can't be recycled because they have polyethylene on the inside. Um, this allows that fiber to be recovered. Oh, cool. So that's very interesting. That's very interesting, and yeah. And hopefully they'll get the new products out this year. We can talk, uh, talk about who they are and all this stuff. From your lips um, to God's ears. <clears throat> yeah, and then with, P- uh, with microplastics, um, you know, compostable stuff, truly compostable, will not make microplastics. They just don't by theory, but also by practice. Because just through uh, physics, the smaller a piece gets, the more degradable it is. So, for example, we can make a microbead out of our material. And like the f- guys in Seattle will say, don't bring up microbeads. I said, no, no, I'm not bringing up microbeads. I'm just saying it's the material. It's an example of the, a microbead made with our material will be gone before it gets through the sewer pipes to the treatment plant.
1: Okay, that's good news. Because
0: it's the material and um, but we get so hung up on the products plastics is a is a property not a not a product that we can't see we get these gut reactions to things we should really say gee do you have to get rid of the cars or can you just make a tesla and of course to get to a tesla you got to make a prius and everyone says, well, Prius isn't perfect. Yeah, it isn't, but if you it's got 50 better. grand, you can get a really good one.
1: Yeah, we got to keep moving that direction. Yeah,
0: so yeah. we have the same, the same theoretical issues. You know.
1: Too much plastic in the world, that's for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, if we got rid of 10% of the plastic or changed the material, that's huge. That's huge right. because I work in the plastics industry, and I hear the numbers, and our bioplastics guys— we're not taken seriously. You know, it's just we're so small. But but we're making our refining Someday our places. Someday, you hope, hopefully,
1: you'll be big. <laughs>
0: well, if not big, I hope that we're impactful. Right. That's fine. Get other people
1: to do it, too. Yeah. Do what you're doing. That's important. So
0: every plastics guy might, might, might have a compostable alternative. They yeah. might not. So then the consumers can say, I choose this one.
1: Well, we've run out of time. I wanted oh, to talk about sorry. ocean cleanup, and I also wanted to talk about uh, you know the the different kinds of enzymes they're coming up with, stuff like that. But we don't have the time for it. Well, so
0: if we well, let's let's say I'm always happy to come as long as my schedule allows i'll be here and great. i think one day might be fun to talk about the three basics of the three basic families of bioplastics and let people be a little more knowledgeable what they're what they're talking about sure. which might be fun so It'd be
1: great well it's
0: always fun i take that back <laughs> whatever it is is fun
1: well dan martins of novamont thank you so much for coming here today and i'll have you back you know my thank friend. you
0: folks if you like to support pkn they're good folks and they're and Kevin is a wonderful guy doing a great job and be a good listener as well. Yeah, you
1: know, We'll talk to you later.
0: You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher.